Many moons ago, when the Bad Crypto Podcast was still just a toddler, one of our very first guests was Jed McCaleb from Stellar. He showered citizens of Bad Cryptopia with free Stellar lumens, and there was much rejoicing. More than two years later, we're pleased to welcome Jed back to the show to get the latest updates from one of the top and fastest cryptocurrencies in the universe. It's going to be a stellar show. This is episode number 392 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Heard around the world, in the galaxy, and throughout the universe, it's the Bad Crypto Podcast. Duck, duck, going, all the things so you don't have to. I'm Joel Com. I am Travis Wright. And as you said, this is going to be a stellar episode again. Anytime we get uh, Jed McCaleb on, stellar. It's freaking awesome. Nothing, nothing but stellar. It's good stuff. And uh, you guys are going to want to stay tuned to hear what he has to say, the latest developments, because it has been more than two years. And stellar is still, you know, I think it's like number 12 or 13 yeah. in the top cryptos. And don't get your hopes up, folks. There's no stellar. I give any more away. No freestyler? No, okay. they, they've cut off that program. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. And also super sorry if the IRS reaches out to you and says, uh, you're buying, selling, trading crypto. We want to take a closer look at your tax returns. You want to protect yourself. And that's what CryptoTaxAudit.com is all about. It's the only tax audit defense system designed for crypto owners. Visit CryptoTaxAudit.com to start defending yourself today, not tomorrow. Do it today. And also, this is really interesting. So we're going to be talking to Jed McCaleb about Stellar. Uh, one company who actually uses Stellar that is, you know, that we're advisors of is MobiPay, M-O-B-I-E-P-A-Y dot I-O. You should go there. They're giving away $10 of MBX tokens right now. And, you know, money has existed for thousands of years in all various different forms, from shells to metals to minted coins to credit cards to paper money and to crashed economies. Uh, but the transfer of modern money is very slow and expensive and particularly dirty, especially if you're handing lots of cash, So, uh, and uh, particularly across borders. So they're going mobile, and MobiPay has an ecosystem that really helps out this whole system. You're going to want to check it out. They're gaining some serious traction. Go check it out, MobiPay.io. Do it today as soon as possible or whenever you want. Yeah, Do it later. Or tomorrow or yesterday, you know. Yeah. Depending on things yesterday, fastest or a futurist, mm. go go back and make things right. And now, Mr. Stellar himself, Jed McCaleb. <laughs> Travis, if we set the Wayback Machine all the way to episode ten of this podcast, August seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, you would discover that we had Jed McCaleb from Stellar on the show. I remember that, and not only was uh, was jed on the show he was uh, very gracious and gave us a bunch of stellar lumens to give out to our fans so that was a that was a very momentous momentous show early on in, in the history of bad crypto and if i recall at that point stellar was worth two cents so we had to put our two cents in our two stellars in our two cents worth of stellars in and bitcoin was at forty four hundred dollars uh, here we are two and a half years later. He's coming back for more punishment, probably because he forgot 
that he ever did the show with us in the first place. Of course, Jed McHale was the co-founder and chief architect of the Stellar Development Foundation, an open network that connects the world's financial infrastructure. He's here. Jed, welcome back to Bad Crypto. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure a ton has happened in two and a half years. I mean, you guys have always been incredibly ambitious. Somewhere, uh, I want to say about eight to 10 months after you were on the show, Stellar announced some sort of uh, partnership with uh, doing international cross-border payments in Asia, right? Wasn't that like the first big announcement you guys had? Um, yeah, we've had a lot. I, 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 is that which one, which, who, what partner was that with? IBM. Oh, with IBM. Yeah, yeah, there was the IBM one. Yeah, that was huge, yeah. Maybe you can kind of bring us up to date on what that was about and then some of the bigger things that have happened here along the journey since then. Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it's been, um, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot done in the, in the time since I last talked to you guys. You know, obviously the crypto space in general has just evolved a ton. You know, I think we're still sort of, we're still very much in the early phases, like all of these projects, we're still much in the early phases of this journey. I mean, what we're trying to do is quite ambitious and it's going to take uh, many years to actually like uh, to, 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 to see it come to fruition. But, but we, we can already see kind of uh, the signs of how it's going to come together and we have uh, a pretty good plan for how to make it happen. Um, you know, the IBM project specifically, uh, you know, IBM is a very large company. And, you know, they move slow. So it's, it's been, you know, slower than what we've, we'd hoped for, but uh, uh, they're still chugging along and, and we hope to see stuff there. I mean, there's a lot of other things that's going on in the network that are, that will definitely, you know, come to fruition earlier than that. You know, we're still working a lot in uh, uh, Southeast Asia and Africa. We're, we're starting this um, consumer wallet that we hope to launch in the spring that'll be focused in Latin America. Um, that's probably what I'm spending most of my time on now. It's focused on on this uh, this consumer wallet. All right, I want to ask you about this, Jed. This I think it was probably the biggest news of the past year or so, at least that hit my radar was was back in November when when the Stellar Development Foundation decided to burn half of its XLM tokens. Right, so there was 105 billion in existence, and then all of a sudden, you guys decided to kill 55 billion of them. So now the total supply looks like it's going to be 50 billion with 20 billion already in circulation. What was the thought process behind that? And, and what made you guys make that move? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of motivations for, to, for doing that. I mean, you know, I mean, I view all of cryptocurrency as sort of this ongoing uh, experiment and, and people are trying to um, understand and, and make these new networks and economic models work. Right. And so, you know, when we first started Stellar, you know, you, pick the number of tokens, but it's it's a little bit arbitrary how many tokens exist. And, you know, essentially, uh, just the, 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 and maybe at the time it was the right number, but as of today, that was no longer the right number to have out there in the world, right? So it was a way to just kind of get the, the number of tokens in the network aligned with, with kind of what we needed to achieve. And when we kind of looked at like, okay, here's, here's the number of lumens we're going to need to like do the things that we want to do over the next, say, 10 years. Uh, there was just a bunch of extra and, and, and rather than try to like shoehorn them in or try to like come up with other ways that we could use them to benefit the network that would probably maybe be counterproductive. We just made the hard decision to actually like the, the actually the best thing to do for the network as a whole is just to kind of, um, you know, eliminate these and just, and just have the right, uh, level of lumens in the world 
to best make the, the network successful. And so, yeah. and so that's what we did. We could have taken them off your hands. I mean, if you wanted to get rid of them, I mean, we could have given you our address. <laughs> right. No, I mean, there's been lots of offers. <laughs> but, yeah. Just saying, in future reference. Yeah. Right. No, Jed is unloading things the right way. In fact, this article on Cointelegraph from earlier in February, the headline is Ripple co-founder Jed McCaleb sold a billion XRP and has 4.7 billion left. That That's not a small bag of uh, of XRP. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole Ripple saga is like long and complicated, but yeah, and, and somewhat unfortunate. But yeah, that's kind of how, how it ended up now. So. And, and, you know, I mean, you're behind so many projects. So Ripple and Stellar are two of them. And of course, if we really want to date you and go way back, you're, uh, you know, you're the guy that was behind the original crypto exchange, Mount Gox. And we talked a lot about that on the previous episode. And I encourage you guys, if you want to turn back the time machine and kind of see how Jed was talking about the future two and a half years ago, go to badcode.in forward slash 10 it sounds so funny to say that travis 10 actually no no it's actually bad in forward slash zero one zero both both ways will work oh both ways will work we, we, we fix work. that because we're like oh we're going to confuse ourselves and our listeners we're already confused that's true we are we are already confused so so now one of the things that happened recently as well i guess within the last year because you know we haven't chatted in two years so we're kind of ca- catching up on some things was you know uh, adding yourselves on on coinbase and not only adding yourself on coinbase but working with their earn platform to be able to actually teach people how you know how how stellar lumens work and then and the process you earn up to fifty dollars worth of of lumens which i think was really cool i went through that whole process how did how did that whole thing come about because that seemed to be pretty advantageous whenever that sort of popped up on the radar yeah i mean it was uh that that whole program was fairly successful for us i mean uh i think they approached us um when they wanted to start doing this earn things i think we were one of the first um projects that they talked to that they they had this idea of of Kind of educating people about these various crypto projects and 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 doing this kind of distribution or airdrop through through that. And for us, I mean, it's very in line with what we had how we started Stellar in the first place. The the whole thesis was we need to get these tokens in the hands of as many people as possible. And so it's very much in line with how we wanted to to get the lumens out in the first place. So we were excited about it. Um, obviously, it's it's uh, you know it's it's good to be on Coinbase in general. I mean, it's a very popular platform, so we were excited about that. But yeah, I mean, all, all of those things. I mean, we're, you know, from the time when I was talking to you guys two and a half years ago to now, I mean, we're listed on like tons more exchanges that, you know, the volume's obviously much higher and things like that. Like all of those kind of metrics are, have just continued to increase over the uh, the intervening years, um, along with the size of the network. The network's in uh, a much, much bigger place than when I talked to you guys. Yeah, talk, talk a little bit about that. What kind of numbers are you seeing as far as how many transactions are going through the blockchain each day? Yeah, so, um, well, there's there's about 4 million accounts in the network. Um, the number of transactions, I'd have to pull up the numbers, but but it's, uh, you know, it's actually one of the, it's in the top five uh, uh, things, if not like the top three of, of number of transactions per day because we have this built-in exchange. And so there's a lot of trading that goes on there. Um so it's actually one of the most used platforms, um, which I think a lot of people don't realize. It actually, it's fast. People. It's so yeah. freaking fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that was kind of one of the designs from the beginning, uh, and kind of my whole reason for doing this is that that I think 
in order for crypto projects to be successful, you have to focus on making them being useful for real people. Like you, you need to focus on not the price and, and not the, the shiny uh, features, but just but how, how are actual people in the real world going to use this product? And if you can make it useful for them, then then you can become successful, I think. So. Yeah, because there's people out there that are like, blockchain's boring, <laughs> right? And, and I yeah. guess it is, right? It's just a fancy schmancy database. Well, I mean, you know, it, 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 I think at the end of the day, like it actually kind of should be boring. I mean, payments is not, at some level, it's kind of boring. It's just like plumbing, right? It's just like pipes. You just want to make these like efficient, very interoperable pipes where anyone can plug into this thing. But you know what it enables is not boring. It enables all these interesting things. But like you know, like you know, like if you look at the internet, like Wikipedia and Airbnb, and you know, all these things are are exciting and cool. But the actual like TCP/IP, you know, I mean, it's exciting for some people. For most people, it's quite boring, right? And and that's what you want. You just want some efficient, uh, low level thing, and, and that's what we're trying to build here. So yeah, we want it to work. We want it to be fast. We want it now. Right. And if there's any problems with it, then we want then we're curious about it. Like why the hell didn't it work? We expect yeah. things to work. Now, one one thing that I, we've noticed since we chatted the first time is that you've expanded your partners and projects that have been built on Lumens. Now, we've actually seen projects, you know, leaving other other blockchains and bumping over to Stellar Lumens. I think who was the who was the one? I think Ken, the Ken Foundation, went from Ethereum and then moved over to Ken. And then Joel and I are actually advisors on a project called MobiPay, M O B I E P A Y, which uh, originally was going to use another blockchain, but then decided to use Stellar because it's so fast. So they're still in the process of, of building that. So tell us about the ecosystem, how it's grown, and maybe what are some of the really exciting developments that you've seen within your partner and project sort of ecosystem? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think um, like the cryptocurrency landscape is quite large, right? There's, there's lots of different things you can do with blockchain and, and people tend to just like, lump them all in one category but really all these all these different protocols or, or platforms are good for particular niches and you know ethereum's good for what it's good at you know kind of being this uh, you know decentralized computing platform but for issuing tokens and issuing like uh, what they call stable coins now you know, i don't really like that term like these fiat tokens and, and just like if you want to represent some sort of value in this distributed way uh, stellar's perfect for that it's what it's built for so as people kind of realize that, you know, you know, with like in the case of Ken, they were like, well, if we actually issue this on Ethereum, it's, there's no way that this network can scale to hold it. So they thought about um, Stellar because like it scales much better and it's designed from the first place to to, to represent these things, right? So um, you know, there's other projects like that, like Franklin Templeton uh, just uh, announced like some sort of um, money market fund that they want to put on Stellar, which is essentially like a, a stable coin that will bear interest. Um, you know, that there's there's a lot of people that just kind of come out of the woodwork like that. Like we never talked to, to them about it before they announced it to the world. We, we learned about it with everyone else. So mm. things like that are super exciting to us when people kind of independently start building on, on the, the network without even talking to us. There's a lot of other um, asset issuance um, things coming on. There's like a, a few real estate ones where they're kind of tokenizing real estate. There's there's some that are issuing equities that where people can buy them in other countries like Vietnam and things like that. Uh, and And then... And those are the ones, the ones that we're most focused on are, are it's still just the core uh, cross-border payment use case. And, and for there, uh, we kind of realized that, that, and I think one of the reasons why um, crypto adoption has, by some, by some ways of looking at it, has been actually quite slow. Like there's a lot of hype and a lot of people are interested in it, but actual use by people is actually pretty low still. It is because you kind of need to uh, build this 
this network. And that's very hard to do that. Um, it, that's just a hard problem, right? And so, um, so one of the things that we realized over the last couple of years is that we actually need to be the ones that are building kind of the first stellar use case. Um, and so that's what we're focused on with this mobile wallet, which you know, happy to get into as well. Uh, is there is there like a, a a development foundation that maybe helps fund some of these upcoming projects? And if so, like how how do people get involved with that? I mean, because it seems like you guys are wanting to have you know projects built on Stellar, uh, but is there money that kind of can go in there to help them if they need it? Yeah, so I mean, we we hope that the people building stuff on Stellar are uh, that they that they don't need our help that that that's like a viable business and they can go raise money from normal VCs or angels or what have you. Uh, we we did uh, one of the things that we announced when we announced the burn of the tokens is that we announced our enterprise fund, and that thing does make investments. Um, it's pretty. Um, uh, we don't have like an application process. That that whole thing is like we we actually go find the companies that we we think are are um, make sense for that. I think we're, we're probably going to announce our first one. Uh, we may have already announced it, but but within the next few days we're going to announce our first one that, on that um so we have this enterprise fund that's sort of like a vc fund we're now uh, we make investments in companies building on stellar that we think will further the ecosystem we have this infrastructure grant program that's um, for uh for for projects where we kind of give them ongoing support maybe they're uh they're, they're usually a little bit smaller but um but we kind of have those two programs so it's a way to kind of uh bootstrap the network essentially yeah, there's one project I see on your site that is interesting to me called Satoshi Pay. You know, one of the problems that uh, publishers have and readers have is the publishers are having a hard time getting paid for their content, right? Because there's so much content out there. And the user is confronted with all these advertisements and paywalls. So how does Satoshi Pay solve this problem? Yeah, so, so Doshi Pay's, uh, you know, they've been, they've been in the ecosystem for a long time. I, I really like those guys. Uh, you know, they're they're doing a ton of stuff. I mean, they're actually they're doing that, and they have a couple other ideas that they're, that they're also working on. So, so for the content side, I mean, I think this has been a problem or a, a challenge for the internet for a long time. Is you know, there's you need other ways to monetize things besides ads, right? Uh, because you know, there's if you look at like. You know, if you look at content creation on the internet, like, there's always these these people that are taking big pieces out of it. Like, if you want to, you know, put yourself up on YouTube, I mean, YouTube gets by far all of the money from it. The, the amount they give you is like very low um, compared to what they get, and and you know that's repeated in all these different platforms, right? And there's been some attempts like Patreon to kind of to kind of fix that. And, and Satoshi Pay is kind of along those lines where it's just it's just a way for consumers to actually like uh, like pay for like higher quality content and, and thus like. You know the content's better. The, the people that are actually making the things can can actually make a, a, a real living out of it. So I, I really support the effort, and I think it's it's an awesome use case of Stellar because you know people all the, all over the world are generating this stuff, and, and and Stellar provides a way to pay people all over the world and get paid by people all over the world. So it's kind of a natural fit. Yeah, that's good. That's that's really interesting. Now tell us about the uh, the Stellar Development Foundation. You guys have you guys have created this foundation, and you guys got some you guys got some pretty interesting things. It looks like on the roadmap here for 2020. So what are some of the things that you're most excited about in this in this new year and, and, and rolling out? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think when uh, I talked to you guys, um, SDF was probably I don't know maybe twelve people or something. We were we were pretty small. Uh, we, we've grown. We're about we're probably a little over sixty people now. So we're we're able to get a ton more done. We, we've we've really increased the, the size of the team and and, and so we can undertake more things. And um, I mean. It's, Again, like the thing I'm most excited about really is is this uh, consumer wallet, which will be a way to do 
um, sort of dollar savings and remittance in, in Latin America. And that, that'll launch in the spring. And uh, like I said, I think I think it's important to, for us because like, again, like sellers, obviously this platform that other people can build on, but like all platforms, it's if you kind of need, need kind of the first example and, and um, the thing that kind of spearheads uh, other people getting on and, and we decided that we have to build that. So, so that's kind of the main thrust that we're working on right now is building this, this uh, mobile wallet. Um, well, why Latin America, Jed? And uh, I mean, we, we want it. Why can't I have sure. my wallet? Well, you can use it. You can use it anywhere, but, but, it, but it, it's, I, I think the need, well, there's a few reasons. I mean, basically again, like one of the, one of the reasons why adoption is slow for this stuff or, or why the, why the utility of, of crypto is slow is because it depends on network effects, right? Like, a payment method mechanism is only as valuable as the people you can pay with it, right? So if only a handful of people accept a, a particular uh, network, then then it's not that useful, right? So you've got to get uh, like a certain degree of saturation. But the interesting thing is in is in Latin America, there's lots of places, you know, like Argentina, Venezuela, places like this, where where people, you know, they want to hold dollars, right? And and that's that's kind of a more of a single player operation where you don't need to do dollar savings, it essentially gives them like a small, like U.S. denominated bank account, right? And and that's useful whether whether other people are using the product or not. And so the idea is that we can kind of build this beachhead of, of users of the platform without uh, having the, the burden of breaking through these network effects. And then once we have enough people that are dollar savings, then we can start doing remittances and sort of leveraging some of the other stuff that so it's good for. And this is the way we can kind of build this kernel of activity. And Latin America just seemed like a very... Uh, natural place for it given like stuff that's happening in venezuela and, and other places down there very cool um well, let me ask this then like what other interesting developments are on the horizon that 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 you're keeping an eye on because you know it's really interesting maybe not even stellar related just sort of overall in the in the crypto space because you know we're less than 100 days away i think we're actually less than about two and a half months away from the happening right? And all that good stuff that comes with it. We've seen the crypto market go up over 10,000. Now it went, then it touched 80 something hundred. And then, eh. so like, so what, what kind of crazy roller coaster are we in for this year, man? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's always a surprise, <laughs> but uh, you know, I really thought things were uh, uh, swinging back uh, pretty positive, but I, I guess like this coronavirus stuff is, is having effects yeah. in crypto as well. But uh, yeah, you kind of, I don't know, one of the cool things about being in this space for so long is that the, there's like kind of a never ending stream of drama, which is, which is always fun. But uh, it makes yeah, it good for us. We got yeah, to talk about it. Really <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but for us, I mean, I, 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 I like, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, that there's this huge push to, to like stable coins in the broader like cryptocurrency world. I mean, this is something that, you know, that I thought would be important starting in Ripple, like and even in, in Stellar, we, we focus on it a lot too. It's like the whole point of those platforms is this is another way to hold, um, you know, value that's represented and denominated in like you know currencies that people are used to. Because my idea is that like it, it, if you want to have people adopt this whole new thing, like it's, it's hard to get them to go to something like totally new, like a, a new like internet money, right? A new like mm -hmm. Bitcoin or something that they're not familiar with, but. But to say like, hey, this is just a digital dollar, but it's cool because you can send it around to anyone around the world and it's instant and all this kind of stuff. That, that's a much easier route. And I think it's a good way to like onboard people onto the system. So I think it's interesting that, that this concept is now kind of widespread throughout mm -hmm. crypto land. And it seems again, like you kind of invented it, right? Because I remember the first time we were chatting, like, here's a Wells Fargo, here's a Wells Fargo dollar, here's a Citibank dollar. Right. If they need to send some dollars over here, then they can and they can tokenize it on Stellar. 
Right. I mean, this is what Stellar's built to do. It's like designed for. You're in all kinds of stuff, man. You're you're an innovator over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just hope that like uh, you know people realize that Stellar's actually very good for this because it's built for doing this. So so it's it's exciting to see that kind of like validation that this this is actually is a useful concept which which we've thought for a while. Sounds like a commercial Stellar Kung Kung Bill for transactions. <laughs> yeah. Copyright yeah, and trade. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, when we had you on two and a half years ago, Stellar was at two cents. And at that point, you made it easy. You were giving them away, not just, you know, not yet on Coinbase, but you were giving them away to anybody who came to the website and opened a wallet. Is there still a way for individuals to claim Stellar directly from the foundation? Um, no, we, we kind of, that was part of the, the uh, burn in November also, is that, that those programs, I mean, they're, I, I still think that there's a way to do it right. And maybe we'll do it in the future, but for now it's just, there needs to be a certain level of like uh, sophistication in the ecosystem, like stuff for people to do with the lumens and uh, before it really makes sense. And it's also just the fraud problems are just very, very hard to combat. And we, we have some ways that we think may work in the future, but right, as of now it's, there's no, you, you know, you got to earn your lumens basically. So. Mm-hmm. How we get some more of them 64 cent lumens. <laughs> Yeah. Let me get back to there. Because <laughs> that was nice. Two cents yeah. to 64 cents. That was quite a run. Now, you know, having experience of, you know, as Joel mentioned, you know, with Mt. Gox and then going on and being a co-founder of Ripple, which a lot of people don't realize, and then going on and now, you know, doing this again and creating an even better product in my mind here with, with Stellar. What are What are some of the maybe, you know, if you're just kind of looking back and reflecting on, you know, the, what, nine years, eight years you've been in crypto or whatever? Like, what, what are some of the things that just make you just, you know, from where you were, it was to where it is now and what, what still excites you? Um, well, I mean, you know, like I said, I think I still think it's very early days. I mean, I mean, uh, more people know about it, of course, but again, like not that many people are using it. I think it's still, I think there's just still this huge opportunity to make a, like a, a internet level protocol for payments where you're, you're connecting all these things and that will lead to all kinds of innovation and, and just if people have the ability to pay like 10 cents to like some random person around the world, it, it, it might seem kind of trivial, but it, but I think it'll again, like be like the internet where it just unlocks all this kind of economic participation that we just don't have today. Right. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Like I, I really want to get it to the stage where it's, where people are using it. It's like providing real benefit for people's lives. So yeah, I said, I think I still see that as like uh, can totally happen and will be very good for like all of society essentially. So. If you could turn back time, like Cher, <laughs> maybe not like Cher. Let's, let's not, not, don't wear that outfit she wore. Yeah, don't, don't, don't wear that outfit. Assless chaps or whatever it is she yeah. wears. And you could speak to yourself two and a half years ago when you were on the show. You know, you're looking forward to the future and you already said you thought things would move further along. What would you tell episode 10, Jed, knowing what you know now? Um, well, I think we, we probably should have made the pivot to, to making this actual uh, um, app for the network. Because um, before we kind of had the view that we're just going to kind of be hands off and let other people build on the platform. And as like probably anyone who's ever built a platform can tell you, that's just it's, it's just a very hard approach because no one understands it or cares about it or, or will we'll, we'll drive it as far as, as, as we will, the, the actual creators of it. So. Um, I, I think we would have made that change earlier and just started that process. I, I, I wish this thing was out, you know, two years ago for sure. So, I want to I want to ask about regulations, right? Because Steve Mnuchin up there 
uh, is uh, talking about how crypto is garbage and how there needs to be some regulations laid down and whatnot. If you were advising the government on how to think about regulation and making this space more, you know, they want it fair. They want it set up in a way that's controllable. Obviously, they they like control. But if you were advising them on how to look at this, because I, I think they're killing innovation in America. I think companies are leaving already. They're scared to do anything really in America because of, of just how harsh penalties are and whatnot. So what are your thoughts around regulation? And and, and let's say we took this audio and, and we're to send it up to them to let them hear it. What should they know or how should they be thinking about this? Look, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously there has to be some amount of regulation uh, and things like this. But I, I think the... The minimal amount uh, you can have on it, the better. I mean, like you said, like it just the more regulation there is, the the, the less innovation there'll be, the less ultimately like jobs that are created, the less good it'll be for society if people can't actually build the things or they're scared to build the things because of of, of this legally gray area. I mean, I think there's already uh, a ton of financial regulation, and and really, crypto can easily fall within the existing stuff. I mean, that you're you know. That, I, I, I don't see much reason to create new regulation or like change how, how the existing rules um, should be applied. I mean, it's uh, it, it just seems counterproductive and a, a lot of it will be, it, it, especially when the lawmakers don't actually understand the technology, it's very, it will be very easy for them to, to make rules that, that have these repercussions that they just don't quite understand and, and like kind of kill this whole industry, which would be quite bad, I think, because, you know, although, what people like to talk about is like things like Silk Road and, and like money laundering and things like this, but that's just such a small fraction of how this stuff is actually used. And it's definitely a very small fraction of how it could ultimately be used and how it could ultimately benefit literally everyone. I mean, everybody makes payments and, and having less friction in that system would, would just increase the GDP of the whole world. So uh, it, it's something you just definitely don't want to squash. You know, I'm wondering as you look at the current crypto landscape, uh, certainly, there's some other projects out there that you're keeping a close eye on. I'm wondering, you know, in the top 25 or so, what uh, what's impressing you? Um, so, you know, I, I really don't <laughs> I don't follow enough of the, crypt, the other crypto projects, maybe as much as I should. It's just there's really a lot of things out there, uh, and it's just very hard to keep keep track of them all. So, I, I probably don't have a great answer for that. I mean, I, I know there's a bad answer. Then we like bad answers. It's bad crypto. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that I just I, I haven't like dug in enough to like know uh, if this thing if the things are make sense or don't make sense. I, I really, you know, like I said, well, we're, we're just really heads down trying to make our thing work. Let's be more specific then. You know, what do you think? And uh, you can talk crap if you want to, but the current state of Ripple. Oh yeah, um, I, I really have not been paying attention to Ripple at all. I mean, I think um, just letting those guys do their thing and, and plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> those guys but um yeah so now what impresses you what depresses you what depresses, uh well <laughs> that depresses me i mean there's there's for instance there's a network that's been down for 15 days now uh and the price is, has gone up and it's just it's blows my mind that that uh that there's this much misallocation in the ecosystem you know but uh you know what i mean like th- th- there's there's a lot of projects out there that that even at a cursory glance just make no sense or uh or just like clear the people behind it have no technical merits and people just put millions and millions of dollars in. And I think that, 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 that has been hard to watch and hard to see. I mean, it's getting a little bit better now, but it's still, it's still quite crazy. I think compared to other industries. 
the amount of like misallocation of money, essentially. So you know what you would tell yourself from two and a half years ago, now with the wisdom you've gleaned from that, I know it's heads down getting the work done and you know, nobody prognosticating on prices is really best left to the pundits. But when do you think we're going to see that tipping point of adoption, you know, where it goes from, hey, there's people using it to, whoa, I can't believe that we're finally arrived. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I thought I thought it would be much sooner than it is now. Like, I mean, I think probably when I was on the show two and a half years ago, I probably said it'd be soon. <laughs> but but uh, I really do think it's going to be soon now. And before I thought it was going to be soon because other people were building the thing, but, ne- but now we're building the thing. And so uh, I have I have uh, pretty high hopes and, and pretty high conviction that this, this wallet we're building will, will start to get adoption. And if so, I think it'll be the first uh, largest use of, of crypto in the world, which will be very exciting for us uh, and, and most people in the industry, I hope. So what's the special features of this wallet? What makes this wallet so magical? It, it's not, there's no real special features. I, th- I think it's it's just a real focus on uh, you know the user experience and making it useful for real people. I mean, the people using this won't even realize crypto is involved. Uh, for them, it'll just be a way to, to save dollars and convert you know from dollars to their local currency and things like that. Um, so you can kind of think of it as like kind of a global Venmo. So it'll be easy to use and. Mm. and there, there is a, there's a definite need for it. Like if you talk to people in those regions, they're like, yes, it sounds awesome. So I think we have a real good shot of getting adoption and, and, uh, just based on the open permissive permissionlessness of Stellar, it should be able to grow pretty organically from that. I mean, the thing is designed where we're, we're focused on Latin America, but we also have projects in, uh, you know, Africa, for instance, that can start using the same wallet, even though it's, it's not designed for that. Right. And then like as, as what we call anchors, which are just the fiat on and off ramps and different. Uh, regions come onto the network, they can start using the wallet as well. So mm-hmm. the hope is that this thing will just start to snowball and, and, and kind of prove out the, the, the utility of the, of the whole platform. Now, is that going to be smartphone wallet only or because a lot of these developing countries, they're using the dumb phones. Like how, how does that going to interact with those folks who want to do cross-border payments with maybe a less intelligent phone? Yeah. Um, so at first we're just, we're just targeting smartphones. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least, at some point, we'll probably will get to 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 like the older phones, but for the launch, for sure, it's just uh, yeah. smartphones. Stellar, what? Uh, Stellar, Travis, why you got to be phonist? Yeah. Talking about inferior phones like that. <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the unbanked and developing countries, a lot of them have credit phones. That's yeah, no, it's it's a legitimate concern. I mean, we definitely are targeting, uh, you know, not the state of the art, right? Like we're targeting mm-hmm. much older builds of like Android and iOS. And yeah. So, way to take my kind of a deal. Is it kind of a deal? Mm. Yeah, it was kind of a deal where you're able to like maybe exchange some stellar for like phone minutes or something. Because I mean that phone minutes is currency in some places in like Africa. Like I mean they they literally that's like that's like full on money. Yeah, there's a couple projects that are like that have that approach on so that are building like uh, basically a a tradable minute that you can send around like it's a tokenized minute essentially. Tokenized minutes. That's awesome. yeah. Yeah. Well, the website, Stellar.org, S-T-E-L-L-A-R.org. Mr. Jen McCaleb, we appreciate you coming back, and maybe we'll catch you in another two and a half years. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, hopefully sooner than that. So, <laughs> That was great stuff, Mr. Joel Kahn. Uh I want to say, though, I am uh, talking about what you said before about being a, a pastist or a futurist. I'm, I'm actually a presentist. So I want to, you know. You brought me presents? I didn't bring you presents, but I'm a presentist. I, I bought like myself it. a present last night. You did? 
Yeah, like I know you're here. You're here in the moment. No, you know, I got to say uh, for out of all the advertising online, Facebook really is the most effective to target me. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll pop stuff up and I'll be like, oh, OK, let's go check this <laughs> out. It's awesome. I want one of that. So last night I bought some pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> saw this ad with these delicious looking pretzels that you can either, you know, freeze or, you know, keep uh, in the fridge and, and then you put them in the oven and you brush them with butter and you put their spices on there and they look so amazing. Uh, I'm not going to give them, you know, a free ad to tell you where I bought them from. Maybe after I try them and I eat them, but I, late last night lying in bed watching Netflix, I bought pretzels. <laughs> you know, I, I ordered this thing a couple of weeks ago and it was a Kickstarter and did you know that copper is antimicrobial? And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, surfaces in hospitals that are just copper plates, and people can mm-hmm. touch their hands to it, and it actually kills it. There's this one thing called Copper Zap that I actually have that uh, you basically touch it with your hands, and then if you feel like a little tinkle, like a little tickle in your nose or whatever, there could be like a germ getting in there, and this literally kills it. Apparently, I don't know. But what I did there's this thing called a um, I don't know. It's like a it's a keychain thing, but it's kind of looks like a big key. It's got like a hook at the end of it. It's got a little round thing. So instead, it, it actually has like a little stylus at the end. So you can press uh, elevator buttons with it or like hook it on a door and pull. Did the you buy it? I, I saw that. I've been, I think everybody's getting targeted for that right now. Yeah. Did you buy I one? Think I, that makes sense. No, because I've always, I, I always touch elevators with my knuckles. And right. there's, and why don't more doors have those foot things? Right. You know, you come in some bathrooms, they have the foot thing. You like grab the foot and it opens up the door. And like, why do I got to touch handles anymore? So I'm like, I think that's a good idea to avoid touching handles because most of the times you get it on your hands and then you can get it on your hands. That's fine. But once you touch it by your eyeballs, or you scratch your nose or, you know, you, you it gets in, gets in one of your eye holes or your nose holes or your mouth holes and then you get it. So I don't try to avoid that. Stay away from the holes. Yeah, it would be preventative. I mean, that's one of the things that they de- they didn't really do. They just went straight into quarantines. How about, hey, here are some things you proactively could do to eliminate a lot of these germs. Do those first, and let's self-quarantine first. Instead, they just went draconian and shut everything down. Crazy. Hashtag wash your damn hands. And By the way, Travis. Other regions. Yeah, I'll we'll wash all of your self hygiene yeah, you don't want stinky balls is <laughs> gotta wash them <laughs> well it's true you don't wash them they get really bad I, i'm not denying that. well i had a perfect segue and you just totally like blew that up so let's see oh yeah i remember because i was talking about pretzels what goes good with pretzels travis <laughs> lots of beer. beer. The answer beer. is beer. The answer is beer. beer. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you take this one? Go. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you know, Corona right now, this month has got a pretty bad beaten down with its name or whatever, but there's a company out there called Corona, Corona Beer, and that Corona family has entered the online gaming world. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Corona family has been really big in gaming all around the world. I think they're even uh, a majority owner of Macau in China. And so they're always out there testing new games. They want to create this really cool online gaming experience. And it's really in its beta form right now. It's kind of early. They're still working on stuff, but they have all kinds of ideas on on prizes that they want to give away 
tuition, education, reimbursements, mortgages being cleared, college debt, vehicles, Disney vacations when Disney opens up again, and a lot of other different things. So Corona is giving back and doing some really interesting things. They are a household name. And uh, right now it's a little unfortunate that there's this virus with their name that has to be hard on branding. But you can go check it out. It's at coronagames.com. And uh, you can get some free tokens to start off with and start playing and see if you like it and give some feedback to them. They want to have some feedback. So that'd be good. I wonder if they're going to make like, you know, give away free six packs and maybe some pretzels. Maybe they could partner with this pretzel company. Yeah. If you want a game or two, here's some pretzels and some beer. Good idea. Here's some beer also. Excellent. The virtual blockchain week is coming up, gang. End of the month, beginning with a VIP opener on April the 26th. And then every night that week, talking about Stellar, a Stellar lineup of luminaries and presenters from the blockchain world, kicking it off with Tim Draper, winding it up with Don Tapscott and filling in all the the crunchy, tasty, sweet, juicy middle with a full roster. Go to virtualblockchainweek.com, get your reservation. And now it's free, but if you want to take advantage of the VIP experience while the price is still low, go ahead and do that too. Yeah, full roster. I'm just going to read off some of the names because it's great. Brittany Kaiser, she's the one who, who uh, with the Cambridge Analytica, she has a thing called Own Your Own Data, a foundation. Meet, uh, we got Miko Matsumuro, we got Peter McCormick, we got Justin Sun, Caitlin Long, we got Maddie Greenspan, Sir John Hargrave, we got Pomp, Tim Draper, we got Samson Williams. Uh, John McAfee, Don Tapscott, Elise Sam, Roger Ver, G. Edward Griffin. Uh, we got a bunch of awesome people on here. CZ, Charlie Schramm. We got Joel Kahn. Joel Kahn's going to be there, you guys. Oh, my God. Awesome. We got all kinds of amazing people. Oz Sultan's going to be there. Chris Snook. We got uh, Sharia Me. We had her on last episode. Girl Gone Crypto is going to be on there. A lot of amazing people on this thing. Vesta's going to do some art stuff. Should be fun. He's going to do some fart stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Rachel Wolfson, obviously, going to be part of that. Yeah. Got it. Art, art stuff. stuff, yeah. Perfect. It's great. Virtualblockchainweek.com. Go check it out. Thanks for being part of the family here at the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. We are a benevolent dictatorship. All are welcome. And we invite you to invite others. Please share this podcast with others. And, of course, until next time, don't you forget the one key thing. Wash your hands. And stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.